So this is what it's come to, huh? But you couldn't care less, right? You couldn't care less, right? Well, guess what? I don't give a damn about you either. You all make me sick. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Braun Strowman just pins him and says, Count of five. <laughs> oh, man, that Biggie would have come out and be like, What the fuck, man? <laughs> Steal my five pound gimmick? <laughs> Count to ten. And then Tyler Dillinger's like, What the fuck, bro? <laughs> Steal my gimmick? <laughs> and the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. <laughs> All right, count to fucking like 11. Does anyone have a problem? Does anybody have a problem with 11? Then that's my number. Because I can't count higher than that. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> uh, awesome. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan, and I'm tagging in my tag team partner, tag. Michael Newman. How you doing, Newman? Oh, I'm excited, dude. And <laughs> yeah, wait. Make tag. a clap sound. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm most excited, and I'm actually kind of pissed that we don't get to fully talk about it, uh, but the Mae Young Classic dude has been pretty fucking excellent. Yeah, so no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you bastard. Hey. There's just too much wrestling in one week. It's, it's so fucking true, dude. There's so much goddamn wrestling. So, like, I didn't even actually get to watch the ROH episode, but I just watched a clip of Cody debuting the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. That's that's some fucking excellent shit. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, for those he of you is who, killing it in Ring of Honor. For those of you unaware of this angle, he's debuted an actual ring that he's wearing, and uh, instead of the typical Code of Honor where you'd have to shake somebody's hand before the match... He is going to be demanding that people kiss his ring before matches. Kiss the ring, bitch. Kiss the ring, bitch. And he did get the, some lady at ringside to kiss it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's Cody Rhodes, so. Uh, d- dude, he is fucking handsome as shit. Like, without, <laughs> without sounding gay at all, dude, I think he is the most attractive pro wrestler, period. Like, he is I mean, a fucking excellent looking man. He is quite dashing he is he's very dashing (laughs) (laughs) but oh man (laughs) but even he is not nearly as sexy as uh, some of these women in the mayon classic and they have been doing an excellent like dude i i cannot wait to fucking talk to you about fucking how awesome tony storm is oh she's awesome Mm. she Just, just I, like before I, I won't go into the matches and all that shit. But like, she has this fucking yeah. rock star charisma that like is unlike anybody I've seen in quite a while. In that, like, she fucking believes everything she says on the microphone, and it's oh, it is just enchanting how much like she because so, she's like a fucking rock star character. She just like fucking believes she is gonna win every match because she just wants to win more. And if you get in her way, fuck you. Get out of my way. And I'm not going to lose. And it's just, oh, it's perfect. Because it's like such a strength of a character, but then also such a perfect, well-rounded weakness. Because she's so overconfident and arrogant 
that, you know, it can very easily lead to her downfall, too. But, like, unlike the other characters where that's her gimmick, she, as a performer, sells it so well that it's like, God damn it, it's like, this bitch is, like, I don't even believe that she's acting. Like, she just believes it. Like, she is that character. It's insane, dude. It's insane. So you think, you think she's one of the ones that's going to get signed? If she doesn't get like, signed, is I'm on the... pissed. I am pissed as fuck if she doesn't get signed. I mean, there's a lot of women in this tournament and... who have been excellent, and they need to be signed. But... So, uh, that's actually something we will do next week, because the tournament will have finished by then with the finals airing this Monday um, and I will catch up over the weekend on the ones that have already aired and then watch the finals and you and I can discuss we'll break down the tournament basically and discuss who we think should get signed mm-hmm. and even uh, let's break it down further and be like who should go on the main roster maybe right away or mm-hmm. NXT or get go down to the performance center totally all right, so we can go through that. And uh, my last thing I'll say before we go on to something else is uh, just to throw out my prediction because I know a long while ago I'd said Kyrie Sane was going to win this thing. I'm changing my mind. It's Shayna Baszler. No doubt. 100% Shayna Baszler is winning this fucking thing. Oh, which is a nice transition into one of our other topics mm-hmm. coming from the May Young Classic. Are we going to have a four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match? I feel like there's no way we don't have that at some point. Right? I mean, that is a huge, um, I guess, unwritten rule, so to speak, in WWE, that Vince hates promising something he can't deliver on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the, Like, so out, they, outright. Like, right. they'll tease stuff and, like, kind of forget about it, but if they put something so obviously out there, they don't mm-hmm. like not delivering on it. Yeah, and now with this the tournament, and then they did an extra little spot. Like they've they've promoted this twice now, and like the first time was just like a tease of like, oh yeah, like we should totally do it for horsewomen, for horsewomen, and then the second one was them straight up saying name a time and place. Like I feel like you can't get more. We're gonna do this at some point than that, right? <laughs> yeah, literally. And they were all they were missing was literally Shayna and Sasha Banks in. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, the it's, second video at least. It's fucking funny, dude. So like, I've heard uh, you know Sasha complaining about how she like wasn't there and shit because there was some sort of fucking like she had to do some PR for something over in Australia, so she couldn't be there for the tournament. And uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, she's very but complaining about it. And I'm like reading a little bit of her complaint. And I was like, you know what? This is fucking valid as shit. Like, this is really dumb on their part. That if they were gonna try and do this angle, like, how the fuck do you have the oversight of sending Sasha out of the country so that she can't be a part of this? Or just do it at a time when she's back in. like. Yeah, or because, like, do you really need to send her to do PR in Australia? Can't you send Emma to go do that? And then you can keep... You know, the girl from Australia? Yeah, one of the girls from Australia. Or send uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Fuck it. I, I know, send Iconic. <laughs> send Iconic. Why Why are you sending Sasha Banks? <laughs> like, because even, if, no, even if they weren't going to do the... <laughs> Go ahead. Iconic and Emma. That's pretty even with Sasha Banks' like star level. Well yeah, at least in Australia it's probably at least closer. But yeah. then like with Sasha Banks, it's like even if you weren't gonna do this four horsewomen angle, like how the fuck because like, they had so many different people guest starring there and like other important women like part of the whole like Mayon Classic showing up and stuff, like 
why the fuck would you not have Sasha Banks there? Like, one of your most yeah, featured like, women in modern this... day wrestling. I was gonna say, take this moment of this challenge happening out of there. Like, one of the women that you called a, your so-called women's revolution. Mm-hmm. Right. Ex- one of the main stars ex- of it. Exactly. It's like their fucking central narrative of this whole thing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Just dumb, but whatever. I think they'll definitely do this match. I I would have thought that originally, like, maybe they would try to do this at, like, Survivor Series or something, but I'm trying to remember, like, what Bailey's timetable is for recovery, but she probably won't be back before then, will she? No, she's out a couple months. Yeah, so But maybe... I guess you do need that time for, like, training up uh, Ronda and stuff like that. Yeah, Ronda and the other girls, too, because they haven't done yeah. any wrestling, right? No. Although one of them is married to Roddy Strong, so that's going to be an advantage, I'm sure, for <laughs> her being able to... You know, she's probably already fucking practicing this shit. She probably fucking knows this is coming. So she was like, all right, come on. Teach she, she's going to do a couple uh, backbreakers. <laughs> Dude, exactly. She should fucking do a backbreaker. <laughs> On who? who and do like a crazy one too that he hasn't even done yet. <laughs> yeah, all right. You have to do it on Sasha because she's the lightest and she'd sell the fuck out of it because she can like bend her back all crazy. She had to nail a six, uh, <laughs> sick backbreaker on Sasha Banks. Definitely. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that. I think probably. Do you think this is like WrestleMania or? You know what? That would be a good idea. Because, like, even though the format would work really well with Survivor Series, like, it's big enough that this could definitely be, like, a WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be, like, that kind of big draw, you know? Like, either WrestleMania or SummerSlam next year, maybe, for SummerSlam. Like, but, yeah, WrestleMania would be great. I guess you just have to make sure that in the uh, women's title programs, they, they've got something else to do. Mm-hmm. Either that or I don't know. I mean, that's a fucking ways sure. away, so whatever i would like to see it wrestlemania would be a good place for it but you know what else would Just be an excellent up. place for our thing for wrestlemania would be this cena and reigns program and i i kind of am trying to still have faith in the idea that this is just stage one of it and that they're going to kind of like take a hiatus for a little bit and then come back to this maybe at wrestlemania but it seems that if mm-hmm. that's not the plan like isn't that really kind of crazy that they're rushing this shit already and then on top of that, they're already rushing Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. Like these the, are both Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar one. I, yes, I, I don't understand that one as much. Mm-hmm. Um, Cena and Reigns, I feel like it was this Transformers movie, and was like then went to the set or something, met with the director or something, and they were like, "Yeah, we want you to stop wrestling." Because we're paying you a lot of money and putting a lot of money into this movie and don't want you getting injured. So he came back and was like, oh, guys, I can't wrestle up to this date. And they were like, shit, let's do the Reigns program. When they could easily have held it off. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's still still an excuse to rush it, though. He doesn't even have like a like because he's doing like the voiceover for Bumblebee, right? In that Transformers movie? Yeah, I just know he's in it. Right, because I, I feel like I thought that's what he was supposed to be doing. Is he's just doing a voiceover role for Bumblebee. So, like, 
how fucking like even if he's injured, can't he still sense. do a voice? <laughs> like it's not like he has to yeah. do stunts. I guess maybe if he gets too injured it could uh it could injure his voice. He gets hit in the throat. He gets hit in the throat or uh he takes a bad blow to the back and his lungs are I don't know that not they can't expand to full capacity. So he can't uh deliver uh quite as long of a tirade as normal. <laughs> maybe they need to have him make like really long dialogue with somebody. Or maybe uh, Bumblebee's going to build a soliloquy. (laughs) It's not listed on uh, IMDb yet what role he's playing. Hmm. Or shit, you know, they always have like fucking weirdo humans in these movies, so maybe he's supposed to be the human in this movie. Probably. Or maybe we find the origin of all Transformers and a car just eats John Cena and becomes Bumblebee. No, John Cena eats a car and becomes Bumblebee. You're right. John Cena just picks up the car and eats it. <laughs> oh my gosh. What the fuck? What the fuck are we talking about? Cena's coming in here. You know what? He didn't eat up a car. He ate up Roman Reigns and spat his ass back out. Like, Reigns still did a little bit better this week. But, like, Cena still kind of owned his ass. Pretty bad. Right? He's always going to. Reigns would have to improve like a thousandfold in order to uh, get near anywhere near Cena's level. Yeah, because like, oh man, like the fucking part where like Cena was going on about how he was like, because uh, like Reigns, basically his thesis of this promo was that uh, John Cena either has to be not as good as he claims to be or a liar in that he strings along his opponents before crushing them like a total asshole. And so then Cena eventually turns us around and says that it's like, well, you know what, Roman Reigns? How do you know I haven't been stringing you along for years? And yeah. I don't know. I, I just want to kind of get your reaction on all this, like this direction of this. and like I, I don't think that's the direction they're going to go. I'm sure this is just an offhand comment of Cena trying to fuck with him. But just, I don't know. What did you think of this whole thing? Hmm. But either way, it's it's not a knock on Cena. Like, Reigns isn't really affecting him in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, he's saying that after Cena won a match. And he was basically saying, like, oh, it took you so long to beat a rookie like Jason Jordan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so maybe Cena isn't as good as he says, but he, he still won. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. And then, even if he is stringing his opponents along, so he's smart. Ooh, mm-hmm. what, what an insult! <laughs> well, for for dumb man Roman Reigns, who is intimidated by intelligence, that is an insult because he he doesn't like intelligence. Well, think about it. Like his uh, interactions as a character with intelligent people, like Seth Rollins, has led to betrayal. You know. Mm. Interactions with uh, like so he's just Triple H, who was like cons- you know conspiring against him. So yeah, he's just it's like, damn it! Every smart person is trying to get me. Those scientists, man. Those They're assholes. <laughs> Those scientists, man. That Triple H and Seth Rollins in their laboratory doing experiments. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. Um, they created John he, Cena. Roman Reigns' intelligence, though, did get him 
at least one good line in, I thought, which was Cena trying to, I think, catch him off guard, maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, mentioning his zipper being down. <laughs> He's like, I think it's something like, uh, well, at least I don't come out here with my zipper down or something. And Roman Reigns immediately makes a joke. He's like, well, I am the big dog. And, like, gesturing to his crotch. I thought that was a great response. Yeah, that was very good, like, just quick sort of natural timing. It was. It, it even made Cena laugh too. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how you know it's good. It's like when the other guy kind of breaks character a little bit <laughs> to react. Mm-hmm. That's when you know the shit's good. Well, Stone Cold says all the time that they, it, it was like a dream of everyone to make the Undertaker break character like that, mm-hmm. and like no one was ever able to do it. Dude, that guy is just. You know, it like even though Stone Cold is Stone Cold, like. The Undertaker is stone cold, man. Yeah. <laughs> cannot break that. Dude. He's actually stone cold. He's, he's actually stone cold. Stone cold is just Stevie Austin. Yeah. Oh, little Stevie Austin. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we had the promo segment from Reigns and Cena. Uh, we also had, what else from all? Oh, uh, another good promo segment. It was between Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, holy shit. These guys came out with, like, probably both of these guys' best promo ever. Out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's, it's finally, Wyatt is making sense in his promos, and Balor felt like a genuine promo. <laughs> yeah, it felt a lot more genuine, and it was actually kind of entertaining, and, like, the story he's telling of the, you know, why it's basically claiming that he can beat him as the demon, but he can't beat him as Balor because the man is too weak. Only the demon can defeat him as a god or whatever. Um, so then Balor is in this position of, like, because if you look at the match track record, like, Wyatt did beat Balor before mm-hmm. when he was just Balor. So there's actually credibility to this whole storyline. So that now Balor's going to have to work. Because I assume if they want to extend this out for a little bit, because Balor said he was going to be fighting Wyatt as Balor after this, right? Yes. He said he he would beat him mm -hmm. on his own, basically, without the demon. So I think Balor's got to lose again. But then, you know, I guess where you go from there, you could go a couple different ways, but then you could potentially then, it's like, well, he has to get even stronger, and then he could beat him as Balor, or he could turn to the demon again. Uh, I think eventually, though, he has to win as Balor. That well, that would depend on where you want to go. If you want to go continuing the direction of him being a babyface with this dual gimmick, then yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to go like a total different direction and almost like turn him heel, then you could just maybe be him like, just say like, fuck it, you know what? I can only succeed as the demon, so I'm going to be the demon now. Yeah, like if he that gives would be in, interesting. Especially because like you know, a way you could kind of go with it if you didn't want to go put him in the world title scene or something is like him and Bray Wyatt could team up as like a, just a fucking killer dark tag team and then just fucking wreck house. Maybe take mm-hmm. the tag titles off of uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose there. Hmm. That would be interesting. Because I, I think that could be an interesting way to go with it. Maybe like a better version of the whole uh, <laughs> Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt storyline. Oh, God. Where it was like getting somebody to join him by brainwashing him and unleashing the inner darkness and 
yeah, maybe this could be like a really long term storyline, and then eventually he like Finn Balor breaks back out of the demon or something. Yeah, it it would be literally the darkness coming out of someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like it would actually fucking it's... lend credibility to some shit from Bray Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, that's part of what that fucking promo did for him, too. It was actually fucking yeah. focused and was, like... It made sense. It was, like, instead of just rambling nonsense about how, like, oh, I'm a god and I eat worlds and I must take your soul and I'm a, you know, destroy everything about you. It's, like, no. He came out and was, like, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I was taught how to hunt. And you know what? When I first killed something, I found out that I really liked it. And that I was really good at it. And I did it some more. And eventually to the point where I liked the challenge. And I stopped using a bow. And I killed shit with my bare hands. Like, um... Is is anybody listening to this psychopath rant? <laughs> like, this is not just a... This is a weird guy who lost his meds. And doesn't know what the fuck is going on. This is a man who is a dangerous psychopath. Who hurts and kills things. And probably kills people. I think like, that was he, kind of the connotation, right? Yeah, is definitely like, serial killer. <laughs> like, it's like after I got bored and I wanted more of a challenge. Like, you know, I think that's kind of what he was hinting at. Is that like I've killed some people? It's like, oh, now I know why I'm supposed to be afraid of you, Bray Wyatt. You murder people. <laughs> like, finally, right? <laughs> Because, like, do you think that that's been, like, honestly one of the biggest problems with his character has just been all this, like, mumbo-jumbo nonsense that doesn't translate to an actual threat? Oh, absolutely. And then now it's finally... So it's been mumbo-jumbo nonsense, and then nothing. And then he also fucking loses. he doesn't win big matches. (laughs) Yeah, and then he's a So it's just, like, you need to have promos that relate to something, like... So, like, there's, there's been those crazy characters in the past, like, a Mankind or The Undertaker, but they've always, like, brought it into the realistic world, whereas Bray would just ramble, you're right, about, like, eating worlds and stuff like that, and then fans were just like, I don't know what you're saying anymore. Right, because it's like, it was so detached from anything that was real that, like, you could kind of fill in anything that you wanted to as far as the blanks for, like, what his character is really supposed to be. And it all makes Mm -hmm. as much sense as anything else because, like, it was all fucking nonsense. But, like, this fucking grounds some shit in reality. Like, and this was honestly a lot of, like, the really good shit early on that, like, the cult aspect of, like, having Luke Harper and Eric Rowan and then talking about, like, Sister Abigail, like, it grounded it in a reality of, like, oh, these guys are members of a cult. They probably worship some sort of satanic woman that they call sister abigail who may or may not be real or may or may not be dead uh and then like this is like oh okay so part of bray Wyatt's backstory is that he learned to kill shit by hunting and he kind of went crazy (laughs) like good thank you because like that's that isn't that like where the breakthrough for mankind character was was grounding him in reality and giving him like a backstory Yes, it was, and it was his true backstory with Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. It was him sitting down with Jim Ross and showing clips of when Mick Foley was a kid and, like, jumped off the roof of his house onto, like, mattresses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And him dreaming about becoming a champion like Shawn Michaels at the time. And, and 
being like this what what eventually became the dude love character mm-hmm. but um uh be like becoming like yeah the sexy guy that got all the women and stuff like that and um he wasn't that guy basically like he was the bigger guy with crazy hair and mm-hmm. a weird smile and stuff like that and so <laughs> they used that to turn him into mankind yeah and he's fucking excellent and then like yeah exactly like grounding that character in something yeah. So then, you know, either you could feel like a sympathy or a hatred or like something. You could actually feel something to the character because there was something to the character to feel about. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I thought this was excellent for Wyatt. And then even on Balor's part, too, like, I thought he actually did a lot better job of actually emoting and even showing, like, how the demon is kind of in him, too. Like, showing a little bit more of that crazy side of Balor that's like, oh, well, that's where the demon comes from. Yes, like now that even makes more logical sense. And it also gives him a little more genuine, like I said, feeling in his promos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it gives him a lot more intensity. And then because he's a lot more intense and a lot more believable, then you know what? That really helps his size problem because Mm -hmm. him being so much smaller than a lot of these guys helps. You know, it's like, well, it's harder to take him seriously. But when he fucking turns that intensity up to 11 and he's a fucking crazy guy, then it's like, oh, well, all right, maybe I believe this guy's fucking, like, you know, nuts enough that maybe he could do some damage. Hmm. Because then it's like, all right, well, then when he's putting on the paint, it's not just, oh, well, here's a dude who's putting on some paint. And I think he did a better job this time at SummerSlam with changing up his moveset, but that's a lot of what it is. It's like, you need to show that it's like, okay, the paint is just basically the extreme visual symbol that accentuates all the other shit of like, all right, this guy is Bruce Banner, deciding to say fuck it i am being the hulk Mm -hmm. so i like it it's a step in the right direction for both these guys i think yep uh so then we had a little bit of uh would you say uh... oh man sorry i would Uh, say sneeze but don't do it in front of mr (laughs) man (laughs) yes it's involuntary oh no um a little bit of a Unexpected change to the women's championship match coming up at No Mercy. Mm-hmm. Both Nia Jax and Emma are added into this match. Um, yeah. An, an exciting turn of events here. Yeah, because not going to lie, was not looking forward to just another Alexa versus Sasha match. Mm-hmm. And thought it was just going to go the Alexa Nia way. But I guess they didn't want to have heel versus heel. Yeah, and, and it's a little bit too soon for that, I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, I think this is actually a pretty smart way to put this together because what you can do is, uh, I mean, sorry, Emma, but you're eating the pin. Oh, <laughs> That's the reality. You're just, you're the girl who can lose here. Uh, so I think what's going to happen is, you know, I would assume actually maybe Naya would be the one who ends up doing the most destruction and kind of leaves the opportunity where uh, Emma is ready to be downed and everybody else is down and then Alexa will come in and steal a pin off of uh, mm, Emma. Do you feel the fire the more between Alexa and, and yeah. And like, you know, just further the the chase element for both of the potential baby faces of Sasha and Nia. Like, both of them have been screwed because Alexa Bliss, you know, 
took advantage of the stipulation, which is like, you know, part of the legal thing, but just, you know, it's sneaky and dishonorable. Like, oh, well, you know, you just stole our pin. You took our work. Sort of. Yeah. Thing. At least I assume that's how it's going to go. And I think that makes the most sense because then you can build to, I guess, either uh, Sasha and Naya having to fight each other again for number one contendership or. Or, I mean, depending on timeline, too, who knows when Asuka's going to burst up into the scene. So, <laughs> that's a whole other fucking thing. Well, you know what? Maybe they could try and do the... Uh... Remember I was pitching to you the whole, like, the perfect storyline of Sasha turning heel because she has to cheat to retain the title? I'm trying to remember. Yes. Did, I, did I say that Asuka would be the perfect foil to that? Because she's so yes. goddamn unbeatable that it's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck am I going to do against her? <laughs> <laughs> so... You know what? Maybe that would be another way to do this too. Is that um, maybe Sasha could steal the pin on Emma? Hmm. I and... see that. Sasha steal it. Now, would that be her heel turn or? No, I don't think so. I don't think that would be the heel turn yet. Okay. And then. Well, then, see, here's the problem, because then, like, you'd have to have a rematch with Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss is the one who's been calling her out that she can't retain the title. So then, but she can't really turn heel on Alexa, because Alexa's kind of a heel, even though a lot of people like her. Um, So I think, would Sasha have to be able to cleanly beat Alexa to retain the title, but then the immediate next challenger of Asuka coming up is like, oh, shit, and then she fucking turns heel against Asuka? Maybe. I don't know. Mm. That bitch got to turn heel, though. I'm just saying. Although, I did, like, there was a fucking part of the backstage promo where she was talking to Bliss, and she was saying, like, I'll make you scream. And that was some really good intensity, so, I don't know. That was good. Yeah. But, I don't know, like, do you see Bliss holding on to this, or do you think they're going to switch over to Sasha? Because I definitely don't think Nia is getting it yet. No, I think Bliss holds on to it. And I, even though I want Sasha to have a long title reign, I don't want it flipping back just yet. I feel like this mm-hmm. title's been hot potato, so. Yeah, that's true. That's a good I point. want it to settle for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of throwing something like a hot potato, though, Braun Strowman threw the big show through the steel cage like a lawn dart. <laughs> that was uh, pretty fucking impressive, gotta say. Yeah, did not expect that. No. But, uh, yeah, like, this is this is a fucking, like, exactly one of those kind of matches that Braun Strowman needed, right? Yeah, just knock down, drag up brawl between two big guys. And I love that they just, they just let them go with everything. Like, mm-hmm. you saw the superplex off the top rope, and they obviously, like, reinforced the ring so that it stayed up. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like seeing that. Yeah, like, they really let these guys just have a fucking powerful big man match in a cage and it's like it, you know a good setup for you know momentum going against lesnar and i was actually if what do you think of fucking big show's new look i see him coming out here with the fucking clean shave uh he looks like king Kong bundy oh totally you're right and i was i was wondering with like him going back to the classic look whether it's it's a whether it's like almost like an attempt of him to elongate his career, or if this is like him winding down, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to change up my look right before the end," sort of thing. Because I could see, 
like maybe they've done because they did the match before with Big Show where they had the ring collapse, and then now mm-hmm. they've had this cage match. So maybe if they did a third match at some point, it could be like a retirement match. Like Big Show just kind of being like a look. I've I've been beaten by Braun Strowman twice. Uh, you know, I'm one of the greatest giants that's ever lived in this you know company or in this you know, industry, and I need to beat him to prove that I'm still should be around here. And if I lose again, then I guess that's proof that it's time for me to hang it up, and then have him lose and then be done. Bye bye, Big Show. Yeah, that could work. Cause like it's that's. That's one of the things I was trying to think about is, like, if they're already doing the Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar match now, then maybe this could be, like, if they build this up a little bit as, like, a more of an emotional moment of, like, everybody knows Big Show's going to lose, but, like, okay, we can, you know, let it be a thing. Then maybe this could be what you do with Braun Strowman at WrestleMania instead if he's not going to be in a title match. Like, just have him yeah. retire Big Show. Although at the same time, that seems really kind of beneath him at this point. But, but I, don't know, I guess if there's not a whole lot of options, like he, it's it's kind of a good built-in story that's been going for a while. I don't know. I'd be alright with it. Me too. And then just be like, all right, finally, Big Show can be gone now. <laughs> <laughs> Although I mean, he he's been doing pretty good in his Twilight. I gotta say. I think as long as he's just not overused, right? Yeah, that's you know that's that's a fucking key point with a guy like Big Show is that he's great when he's used a little bit because he's mm-hmm. he's useful basically in like only a couple different situations, either in kind of like a monster heel runs, uh, in a tag team, or as like the guy who kind of like comes out to shut up somebody who's being like an arrogant piece of shit, like they're running their mouth and all of a sudden it's like the hell, it's the Big Show, it's a Big he, Show. He just comes down, knocks him out, and goes away, like. Yep. Those are the three uses of Big Show. <laughs> um, speaking of, of a big show, though, SmackDown was the bigger show that, this week. Mm. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, I mean, we got the fucking big-ass angle there of Shane being suspended. I mean, that's a big-ass deal. And KO looks like a genius for this, doesn't he? Well... We started off the show with just the greatest news ever, which is that JBL is no longer on the announced team. That's true. Round of applause for that, first of all. Thank God. And he's being replaced by Corey Graves. So, I mean, you had the goodness of JBL leaving and then just made it better with Corey Graves. Yeah. I mean, it would have been great if he could have just taken Byron Saxton with him, but you know what? JBL being gone is really great, so I'll take it. We'll take the little increments. And yes, going back to what you said, um, a great angle between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just so logical on both sides. You have this guy, KO, who feels that he's been, and logically so, been wronged by the face commissioner of SmackDown. And then to have him poking this commissioner to get him to react by uh, bringing up his kids... Shane tells him to stop doing it. He keeps doing it. Shane punches him. I mean, that's just such a... Like, everyone can relate to that. Well, it's, it's, it's so fucking perfect, too, because it's like... it. Part of the reality of the storyline is that, like, oh, well, him fucking touching Owens means that he's in fucking serious legal trouble. 
and that's part of the reality yes. of the world today. But it's also like one of those things that majority of people look at, and especially in a situation like this where it's fucking warranted as hell that he hit Kevin Owens. It's like, man, that kind of law is sort of shitty. Like he shouldn't be in trouble for hitting Kevin Owens. Like he deserved it. So that then he can yeah. still do that and be legally in trouble and he's still the babyface. And that Kevin Owens oh, is the exactly. asshole for for doing something that's within his illegal rights. And because it's not even like, yes, Kevin Owens chose to uh, go after Shane's kids like verbally, and which is why Shane reacted. But like everyone has that kind of situation to relate to where like you've been so annoyed by something and you're like, I want to punch that person for some reason, like, <laughs> but can't. And so, yeah, as, as Daniel Bryan explained so eloquently with the Miz, I wanted to headbutt him. <laughs> I wanted to give myself another concussion by headbutting him. I was gonna say, <laughs> can we point out that the guy with the concussion problem wanted to headbutt someone else? <laughs> I was I was gonna headbutt him so hard that I was gonna give him my concussion. <laughs> That's how they're passed on, right? I just tra- transfer over the brain damage. Tag you're it. <laughs> Tag you're it. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so loving that angle. And it's leading up to, great. Uh, Vince uh, McMahon coming back. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. SmackDown's been doing decent in the ratings. So it's interesting that McMahon is making an appearance because usually he's only brought in when a show is flailing. And you're going to have some flailing moments on Raw coming up because the NFL season is coming back. So the ratings are going to take a hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess they're choosing to do it on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it's. I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where they're going to be like, it's been this at however fucking long since Vince McMahon's been on SmackDown. It's amazing. Because like every once in a while they'll do that, yeah. where it's like, the, oh, it's been X many whatever since he's been on Raw. It's amazing. <laughs> so, maybe it's one of those well, sorts Smackdown of things. Smackdown, it'll be like a year, right? Well, you know what the other thing is, too, is it's going to be in fucking Vegas. So, do you think that's part of it? He wants to be on TV in Vegas? Yeah, in Sin City. Vincent Kennedy McMahon's going to spin the wheel in Sin City. Oh, God, are they going to do the wheel stuff next week? There's one spot on the wheel that says everyone's fired. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite spot. It's it's my favorite. Even I get fired. Uh, (laughs) The whole company is fired. I just light a match (laughs) and blow it all to hell. But then if if we decide that that doesn't work, I just appear back next week and yeah, <laughs> like when I got exploded in a limo. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> redcon it. Oh my god! It's, uh, oh, was it? I think it was on Twitter. Zack Ryder had a picture of him and John Morrison, and <laughs> John was like, "Sorry for blowing up your limo, bro." Yeah. Yeah, that was back on uh, the Z Long Island True Story, or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> so good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so interesting to see what Vince does next week. Uh, another interesting thing I liked is in the Carmella versus Natalia match, which was not originally a title match, when Na- Natalia is down, uh, tries throwing in the briefcase to Carmella. 
but she didn't want to use it. So I think that's the first time we've seen that of like the possibility of someone within their own match turning it into mm-hmm. a title match. I mean, that'd be a really smart idea, especially for like a, you know, like any sort of like no DQ falls count anywhere sort of thing where you can like set up a trap or some shit. Maybe, yeah. maybe, <clears throat> maybe this is the prelude to something like that. Maybe eventually they're going to do that. Yeah. Like Carmella uses Ellsworth to like set up a trap and then catches whoever the champion is and fucks him over. Yeah, and uh, so end up causing uh, Kermit to lose, but (laughs) and a uh, interesting promo, bring him out, but then saying that she loves him too and making out with him. So is Carmella basically going to be the crazy person again? I, I mean. They probably will do that because they've done that so many goddamn times, and for some reason they they like doing that storyline of just a woman being fucking nuts and an idiot. Well, I yeah, really stereotypes are real, right? I mean, sure to an extent, uh, but <laughs> I would really love for them to take this in the direction of just that Carmela is such just a fucking manipulative bitch that she is just completely using him, and she's just, like, a total kind of, like, dominatrixy, very, uh, like, aggressively dominant person who is not afraid mm-hmm. to just completely take advantage of this person very blatantly. And, I like, I want him to start coming yeah. out, like, on a like on a leash. Like, maybe even having to, like, get down on all fours for him to, like, you know, her to step into the ring, like, use him as steps. Like, that's the kind of shit I want to see her start doing to him. Like, to continue this angle. Maybe carry around a weapon I, I think like it has him to... if he's not moving fast enough. <laughs> I think it has to change up at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's okay. just been... It's like just the regular lackey for a while, so... Yes, so this can be the evolution of the lackey. Like, not only can it kind of help change her character and give it a little bit more of, like, this kind of different depth and maybe a little bit more of that princess of the Staten Island kind of aspect of the character. And it really would help potentially like if you wanted to eventually, you know, break Ellsworth away. This can be like you can start like by doing more and more ridiculous shit with him, like start to potentially build that babyface sympathy. You know, if he's getting like stepped on and slapped and all sorts of shit, then it's like, all right, you know, we can start feeling sad for him. Like yeah. the way that we used to for Ricardo Rodriguez and all the other sorts of abused guys before him. Hmm. Because I think that, like, you know, because he can definitely do this for a while, but then that would be another good thing to do with him eventually, right? Is to break him back out and do the super underdog babyface storyline with Ellsworth. Oh, yeah. I mean, who would ever thought that we'd get this run out of him? Oh, you know what? Here we go. Here's what you do. Because Cass is going to be on the shelf for so long, what you do is you, you wait until then to then have uh, Ellsworth break away, and then he has to break away by trying to fight Cass. And Cass will just fucking crush his ass over and over again <laughs> to make us feel even worse for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Carmella and Cass will, like, hook up because they're the real-life couple. So then on TV they can be a thing. Yeah. Cause Cass is going to fucking need a manager. Stick with Carmella. Oh, yeah. Why not? I don't know. And then Carmella can still Enzo, do her but... thing. Yeah. But now Enzo's doing his own thing. You know, over on 205 Live. 
trying yep. to resurrect that show. <laughs> uh, speaking of doing your own thing, though, how about Dolph Ziggler? Um, this playing was a... three different characters in one show. Four different characters, if you count himself. Very true. He beats Mick Foley. He beat Mick Foley. Suck it, Mick Foley. <laughs> Mick Foley only played... So, one Raw, he was Mankind, Cactus Jack, and, and Dude Love. And the one, one Royal Rumble, he came out as those three as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so there you go. Dolph but Ziggler he done four. not play himself, so Dolph Ziggler wins. <laughs> So, like, his whole impersonating the other people's gimmick, I thought, like, that part was okay. There was there were parts that were good because, like, there were certain couple little lines that he did with Cena. That, like, it wasn't part of the, what picked up on the mic, but it was, like, the things that he was saying, like, when he was pretending to be Cena during the entrance. Like, saying, like, shill, 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 mm-hmm. I'll sell you all the shit. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, like, I think if they took that, like, the parodying aspect... That could be an interesting kind of gimmick, like almost kind of mixing it in with his stand-up comedy, of like you know, almost like roasting people. Like yeah, do a parody, mm-hmm. but also get in like a couple shots. Yeah, like getting some good shots on him. So that could be a way that it could go. But I also I really liked the what felt to me kind of like the genuine seething hatred that he used to be able to channel like five years ago when he was a heel when he had won the Money in the Bank briefcase. And he was, like, on top of the fucking world. When he would cut those, like, really, really cutting promos against, like, sometimes the crowd. The one that in particular stands out to me. And I don't know if you remember this promo. But do you remember there was a promo um, where AJ Lee went into the locker room to talk to Dolph Ziggler when he was, like, feuding with John Cena? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to remember exactly what had happened, but basically at some point in their feud, like, because she had been getting involved and, like, he had insulted her on some sort of level. So she went into the locker room to go confront him. And he just cuts this promo on her, basically calling her, like, this worthless piece of fucking trash. Like, not fucking, but, like, he literally it's like, you're a worthless piece of trash girl from New Jersey. There's a million girls just like you. Little ring rats. You're fucking, like, you're worthless. Like, it was so good. That was the core of that shithead piece of garbage that is the character that is Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Like, he he's just a total douchebag, right? Like, that's the character. And I thought he was... Well, now it is. Well, like, that, that was his character, like, five years ago. Like, that was his heel character. Yeah. And then he, like, got... He was so good at that that he basically got turned face. And then they just kind of crapped on him for a long while. And, like, now it was, like, I thought I kind of saw in the end parts of this promo where he was talking about how, like, you know, it's, like, none of you appreciate me and none of you care about me. Well, guess what? Like, I don't care about any of you. Like, I felt like he delivered that with such a great conviction that it was, like, it reminded me of the old Dolph Ziggler. I don't know. What did what did you think of it? I didn't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was an interesting take on... Yeah, this new kind of character that can kind of, um, hmm, kind of be breaking fourth wallish, mm-hmm. uh, by like being a character, but also commentating on other characters. Mm-hmm. Well, it was. 
I thought it was kind of interesting too, like his whole because part of his the point of his promo was saying that like you know look I came out here and I just did all these things and you know guess what I just you know in I in a way I guess perfectly replicated what these guys used to do, and that's mm-hmm. what you guys want. You just want these gimmicks. Well, guess what? Anybody can do those stupid gimmicks, but you don't appreciate the real art of wrestling, and that's what I do better than anybody else. So fuck you. <laughs> so he's like he's become like, like he's almost become like a super smart. In a way. <laughs> way to bring it back to us. <laughs> He's just a total fucking wrestling mark. He's like, none of you guys fucking appreciate the art of wrestling. You just like the flashy new toy, the dumb gimmick. Well, guess what? I'm the actual best wrestler, the technician. Yeah. So if he if he continues down that path, then I'll like it. Well, I, I'd like that as the gimmick, but then the problem is then they actually have to change his booking. He can't just lose to everybody anymore. Like, if that character's gonna work, he has to start beating some people. Mm, and, he has to, and he has to, like, <laughs> really beat some people. Like, not just beat them, but make them almost look bad. Yeah. Because like, he's gonna have to show off. Just to show. Like, he has to go back to his fucking roots. Dolph Ziggler five years ago was great. Isn't it sad that it's been Always that comes fucking back long? to the show off. Yeah, it is. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be that long though till we get to see another Ty Dillinger and AJ Styles. But that's right. We got that coming right around next week. Hot yep. damn! And hopefully, it's longer than a ten second match. I think it'll be longer than ten seconds, but. I'm really sad that I feel like I know there's no way we actually get the clean finish to this match now because Baron Corbin's going to stick his big, stupid ass in this match, right? So do you think he interferes again and then when he's done with Baron, ties the next like well, series the, of matches AJ can have? The storyline that AJ's been doing right now is that he wants to reopen the U.S. Open Challenge, but the problem is that Baron Corbin is a piece of shit and won't leave the situation alone. So I think he's mm-hmm. going to have the open challenge next week. You know, Ty Dillinger's going to come out. They're going to have the match. I think they're probably going to let it go for a little while, like maybe 10 minutes or so, get kind of close to like teasing a big conclusion. Like, But then Baron Corbin will come out, fuck the shit up. And then uh, it'll lead to AJ Styles basically saying that it's like, all right, look, Baron Corbin, you need to fucking stop this shit right now. I'm tired of this. I want the open challenges, but you keep getting in the way. So here's the deal. We're going to have a match at whatever the next pay-per-view is. For, I'll put the title on the line, but if you lose, you're done. Like, you're just out of, like, the U.S. title contention. Like, you can't come down. Like, you know, set, put some sort of deal together with, like, Daniel Bryan or whatever. That would solidify that, but that would kind of be the idea. Yeah. And then beat Baron Corbin, and then he can go fucking do something else. Or just be fired. I, I mean, know. I just want to see... I just want to see like a 30 minute match between AJ Styles and Ty Dillinger. Yeah. So then I guess if they don't, yeah, if they can't do it, then now they can, we can further tease it. So then we even want it even more later on. It's perfect. Uh, and then we got the match of the week for me, at least, which was Randy Orton versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Number one contenders match with Shinsuke winning. Yeah, this is pretty fucking good. I, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I think I might have liked this a little bit more than uh, the match with Cena, to be honest. 
With Shinsuke? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like... Um, I think this is probably my... Mm-hmm. This is my favorite match of his to date, like, since he's come to WWE. Yeah, I thought he did excellent. I thought Randy Orton really did a good job with him. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of Randy Orton's biggest strengths. I mean, he can pretty much, I think, work with anybody. He, with most people. They're, do you remember those fucking slog of fucking matches with Sheamus? From, like, many, many years ago? Uh, They're like, I feel like that was the infamous shit match. Where it was like, if you put on Randy Orton and Sheamus, the crowd was just like, fuck this. We do not want this. Oh, well, wasn't that because they were they were having a match every single week? Yeah, like, they, they killed like... that match dead. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if even now they could do it. Like, if even now it's like, do we dare? Do we put on Randy Orton and Sheamus? Or will the crowd completely <laughs> revolt? Like, they still have the wounds from years ago that was like, no, please, any match but Randy Orton and Sheamus, just don't give like, us that. Ray, Randy's out in the ring, Sheamus' music hits, everyone just gets up and leaves. <laughs> Everybody's like, fuck! Run! Or actually, you know what, they wouldn't. Everybody just pull out their phones. <laughs> Which would be the most quiet ball. match. You just hear everybody typing this little... <laughs> It's like, at least Raw's trending. Not for good reasons, but trending. <laughs> it's like, Raw sucks dick. This shit sucks. Oh, you know what? And then maybe the crowd, would, they would just start new chants. That's that's what they usually do in those situations. They get bored after a little while. Then they start chanting, like, JBL Come up with or new chance. the commentator's name. Or, like, this shit sucks. This is awful. Um, What didn't suck and wasn't awful, though, was... Th- the Fatal Five Way match, Duo Five Live. Yeah, it was. Uh, I felt like they really made Cedric Alexander look like a killer here, which was, I thought, kind of interesting because he's gonna have to wait a while to get a title match, right? Because you would think that Enzo's probably gonna win the title. Well. I don't know. I could kind of... Well, I don't know, man. I I see so many different possibilities when it comes to this shit. Especially because of the way that Enzo has been portrayed so lately. And it's not just that it's like, oh, it's the little stuff that we're seeing. But it's like very, very blatant how much they're just going with the whole, he cheats to win. He, like... (laughs) Well, yeah, he stole Eddie Guerrero's line. Yeah, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You fucking said it. So, I think... I hope that they're going to be a little bit conservative with this and try to wait to see how it plays out because I could see this going a couple different ways. And a lot of it depends on how how well Enzo is received with this character. Because if people eat it up and he's just going to be a babyface like the next coming of Eddie Guerrero, great. Go with it. Keep Neville as the top heel. I think Cedric Alexander would then stay babyface as well as kind of like just, you know, the the babyface who is also the athlete. And I think you would kind of, I don't know, it's it's hard because it's like, I think he's, he's such an unfortunate um, victim of circumstance. Because Cedric Alexander is kind of one of those guys that they were starting to try to like book up and like in this match, like clearly wanted to showcase him. 
but at the same time, like Enzo's definitely the way more over guy. So like, and like, his job right now is to bring personality to 205 Live. Right, bring personality, bring viewers, bring all that sort of shit. So, like, I think there, if it's not the next, if it's not this pay per view, I think it's going to be really soon that they give the title to Enzo. Like, it's it's not going to be long. So then, what do you do with Cedric after that? Because Cedric looks like to be groomed for like the next title run like well run at the title i should say maybe he could be one of the next like the next challenger you build up for enzo maybe and have enzo feel like a little heelish yeah because i because i think that's it's going to be really hard for them to not inevitably go in that direction at some point because like with eddie guerrero he was healed many times in his career you know um so I think with Enzo, with this cheating gimmick, he's probably yeah. eventually going to turn heel. And I think he could actually do really well with the heel gimmick with this at some point. But I think it would actually be really cool. Like, you could do kind of like this weird, like, inverse, like a double turn with uh, Enzo and Neville. Where, like, Enzo is the, I'm going to cheat to win. I'm obsessed with just winning the title and keeping the title and, like, being, you know, in that kind of image and the glory. Because I imagine he'd probably, like, be wearing robes. He'd have, like, chicks coming out. He'd be doing all sorts of lavish shit with the title. Like, he'd be trying to be kind of like that Ric Flair kind of guy, right? Like, he's going to be wheeling and dealing, doing some shit, I'm sure. Limousine round, jet flying. Yeah. <laughs> and then Neville is like the, you know, he's he's not about those fancy frills and shit like that. But, you know, at the, in the past, he's had his ego problems. But, you know, he could kind of justify and saying, like, look, you know, I got a little bit too involved with it. My ego got too much in control of it. But part of what I was doing and what I want to do now as like the greatest cruiserweight in this company is get back this title, re-elevate this division because that's what I was doing was elevating this division and setting the standard for what 205 Live is, for what the cruiserweight division is and that you, Enzo, by cheating and doing all this sort of shit are making a mockery of all this and I won't stand for it because I am the best cruiserweight and I will get the title back and prove it and bring legitimacy back to the division. Like, that's kind of where I would book it. If they were going to do a double turn sort of thing at some point. Like, because I think he could still kind of have, like, I'm the king of the cruiserweights, but that he's babyface and that it's like, I'm I'm doing it because I want to keep 205 live and the cruiserweights and establish us as, you know, some of the greatest athletes in the world. Because I think that's that's the kind of face version of his character, right? Of Neville's current character. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I see it going. And, like, people, like, even though he's a heel and he does get booed and shit, like, people fucking love Neville. Like, they appreciate what he's doing. So I think given the right impetus, people could totally get behind him. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, so that was, sorry, what were we going to say? I just had one last thought because I was thinking like, like I want, like I'm trying to think like what would be part of the distinction between, because like right now Enzo's getting still good reactions for doing what he's doing, even though it's kind of cheating and heelish. I mm-hmm. think maybe part of the, the transition could be like at some point, because if he does this kind of tricky shit and he wins the title with this, he could still get the baby face reaction. And then when he turns heels, when he's trying to retain it. And then even that's not enough. And then he has to resort to something like fucking smacking Neville over the head with a chair. Like, 
that sort of thing, like the next level of heel cheating. Like where it's not just like, a, oh, well, I'm going to roll up your tights or uh, I'm going to distract you and you know, smack you in the balls real quick or you know, make the ref think that you hit me with a chair. Like it's the, oh, I'm going to be a piece of shit and beat you down unnecessarily. And then maybe yeah, he, even try to like also... do some, maybe try to do some damage to Neville after the match to be like, yo, I know that I can't beat you, so I gotta take you out. Could also do like he goes so overboard with like winning the title that fans turn against him. Like like he's just such a cocky piece of shit for winning the yeah. title. That he thinks that he's the best. <laughs> that could totally work. That yeah. could be part of it. Uh speaking of someone that had to do something with the title. I had a much better transition. Relinquish the NXT women's title on NXT. And the NXT wrestlers creator with Triple H. Mm-hmm. She got to say goodbye to Asuka. That was a really awesome moment. I, I really appreciate that they did that. You know? Because like she... Yeah. She really has been one of the greatest superstars that they've had down there, male or female. Like, she fucking rocked her fucking position, fucking elevated so many different people in that division, too. Like, because when, when the fucking four horsewomen left and stuff like that, and then Bailey being the last one left behind, it was like, basically, it was just like Asuka and a bunch of nobodies. And Asuka really helped yeah. fucking, like, you know, she... groom these women and make them a lot fucking better. <laughs> She had to raise up Nijak. She had to raise up Alexa Bliss. Uh, who else was she left with? Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Riot, Iconic. Iconic. Like, even mm-hmm. even to a little bit extent, like the Liv Morgans of the world, and like all of them kind of benefited from being around her. Yeah, well, I mean, Liv Morgan was one of the ones that was just like there, kind of. And Asuka was, had to deal with Yes, I feel like in a, in a lot of ways it's like she was one of the best emblems of what it meant to be a champion cuz not only was she fucking dominant as fuck but then like she really elevated and defined and was the standard bearer of that division. You know, it was like cuz like there are so many times too where like you know a certain guy or a girl will win the championship and they're really not like the guy or the girl in that division. But like Asuka was clearly like the girl, you know. Like, there was no disputing it. And also, she also went beyond what I think people expected of her. Yeah, I think so, too. At the beginning. That's a good point. Like, she, she really like, has the rumors, shown a lot. The rumors going around were that she wasn't even supposed to go up to the main roster. And now look mm-hmm. at her. Well, I think part of that's just got to be, like, they've seen how fucking excellent she's done, right? And that it's like, well, we can make some more money off of her. Let's put her up on the main roster. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, at this point, they'd be fool not to, right? Because, like, she's done so fucking excellently that it's like, what what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you're losing money. At- yeah, you're, you're not... Yeah, you're losing money if you don't do something with her. Mm-hmm. I just... I really hope that's sending her to Raw and just her tearing the fucking house down over there. Yeah, uh, and that was basically it from NXT. Then we had Lucha Underground. Yeah, Lucha Underground. We had uh, not really a whole lot to say about this one, but they had like a medallion match between Drago and the Mac. 
So Drago gets to go into yeah, but... the Gift of the Gods match. Yeah, did you see that coming? I thought the Mac would get it. I thought so too, yeah, because I was like, oh, well, Drago will probably be in the trios match. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe they're going to accelerate like a trios storyline and drop the trios titles before then. Maybe. I don't know. Either that or maybe and... they're going to do like, or is this Gift of the Gods not going to be at Ultima Lucha? Like, are they somehow doing it before that? I don't think so, though. This is probably they, for Ultima Lucha. They did it before Ultima Lucha one of the years, right? I think so. But that, that also could have been just that it was like one of the... Like when they would... Because they would do Ultima Lucha over multiple episodes. So maybe it was like one of the... Mm. Like part one of Ultima Lucha or something. Yeah, maybe I was thinking of that. Um, but yeah, we got Drago with the medallion. And then we also had the fucking 5-0 street fight between uh, Cortez Castro and Joey Ryan, which was also for an Aztec medallion. Probably one of the most interesting street fights I've ever seen. Yeah, I really like that in uh, in Lucha Underground, they've done a good job of like crafting the different street fights and that they kind of make sense for the storyline going on and the characters involved. Because, like, all right, so we had this 5-0 street fight this week. Last week, we had that biker brawl. But mm. before, we've had... Um, I'm trying to remember what some of the other ones were. Because there was, like, uh, you know, the fucking, like, coffin death matches with Mel Muertes. They've had We've just had, like, was it Boyle Heights brawls? Like Yeah, the Boyle Heights brawls with Prince Puma. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like, like everybody kind of has their, their match. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, the street, this 5-0 street fight was, I guess, like, the Cortez Castro. And I guess more so him because, like, between the two, he's more of the cop. Even though, I guess, Joey Ryan was also a cop, but he's the crooked cop. Yeah. Uh, and now he might not have use of his balls. <laughs> yeah, after getting fucking uh, coffee burned through them and tased uh, in his balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he's he's not a happy man. But he did get some revenge back on him with the uh, super ass rape attack. So, yeah. that was great. <laughs> that, that was also very interesting to watch. If you're wondering what we're talking about, go watch Lucha Underground. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to describe it. I can't spoil the super ass rape attack. Mm-hmm. You just have to see it for yourself. Uh, and then we got Matanza going up against Paul London, South Door, and Malasuerte. Yeah, so uh, Matanza raped some guys and uh, moved right along. Seems to be a theme of this episode. Yeah, a lot of rape in this episode of Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we find they have Puma and Johnny Mundo having an interesting promo. It's slightly confusing. Um, Mundo ch- challenges Puma to a mask versus title match, but uh, Dario comes out and clarifies that they must have been talking about Ultima Lucha for this match. Mm-hmm. and says that he already has a mask match for, for that night. So he is going to make it a career versus title match. Yeah. Career versus the title. Big and fucking deal. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think it's leading to more of the speculation that Puma is gone from Lucha Underground as soon as the season is over. Yeah, I feel like that would be... Yeah, I, I think that might be the end. Puma here is going to lose, potentially. Which is... I wonder how they're going to craft it, too, because they've been so smart and very intelligent, like, 
very specific with how they've done some things so far. Oh my, I just got it. I got it. What? So this whole storyline for this season for Puma has been about his redemption, right? And part of it also is he's turning to the dark side. He like ditched the kind of like gold and orange colors and he's been doing the red and black. And he's Mm -hmm. been, he's been with Vampiro. Now, before, when I had been talking about the uh, finals of the Cueto Cup, I had said that I was like, don't you think Pentagon took that loss a little too well? What if this all culminates, bro, at Ultima Lucha Trace, and this is a grand conspiracy by Vampiro to try and get Prince Puma out? Pentagon is going to come in and fuck Prince Puma over. And that's how he loses the temple. See ya, Prince Puma. Pentagon's the man. That would... I mean, you do need someone to take Puma's place. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, I I think it could kind of be kind of like this poetic thing of, like, well, Prince Puma, if he had stuck to his, like, guts in his original path, then maybe he could have been okay. But, like, because he's turned to the dark side, he's been you know, seduced by Vampiro and that he's going to be led down into the, you know, because Vampiro will, like, you know, do something and then Pentagon will do something maybe and then he'll fucking lose because he's been, like, I don't know, consumed by the darkness or some shit and it, like, you know, led him to be tricked into this situation. Some shit. I'm sure they'll make it make more sense than that. But, like, you get the general idea of where I'm going even though I'm losing it right now, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no i i saw where you're going even though i'm yes. starting to bray wide at the moment like you get where i was trying to go <laughs> well i think that's because we're both very tired at this point yeah, um i'm getting there so i think that's gonna wrap us up for this week unless we quickly answer the fan question of the week which ah, of course is kind of an exciting one um the question is if you could pitch uh any one dream match for a WrestleMania, like and dream match meaning that, like you can take I think guys from like any promotion, like who what any promotion, any promotion now or of like any time. Let's let's do now. Yeah, I guess. that makes it a little easy, yeah. easier, well, a little more realistic. <sighs> dream match now. Between guys from anywhere. Hmm. You know what? Alright. I mean, I might be able to come up with something better at some other point, but I'm going to run with this for now because this is what I just came up with. Okay. With, with how much they um, they just brought it back up this week on SmackDown, the tension between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Ooh. How he was like, you know, was like, you know how many times I wanted to hit that guy and I wanted to do all this sort of shit. At some point, it looks like, you know, Daniel Bryan's contract is up. It, there's been more and more talk that he's basically talking about how it's like, I am going to wrestle somewhere. Now, if that ends up basically being the case, and then, you know, through some sort of amazing fantasy, WWE is like, fine, we'll fucking let you wrestle or some shit. Then you have Daniel Bryan come back after The Miz and fuck his ass up at WrestleMania in 18 seconds or something, or like 17 seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never thought that. Because I, I would like to see it be longer than that, but yeah. I never thought your dream match would include The Miz. Well, when it involves The Miz getting his ass kicked in by Daniel Bryan, yeah. yeah. that's <laughs> That I can deal with. 
Um, I'm obviously going to go with something that includes uh, the greatest wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels. Mm. And the teased match that someone thought was they were going to do, um, but didn't happen. It's Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles. Mm. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you don't even need to explain past that, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Just, oh, AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels. Yep. Yeah. Shit. Although, all right, so to follow up with that, if you could pick uh, any one year in time where these guys would have this match, what year would you pick? And it'd have to be the like those two guys in that year. So which, like, if you could have this dream match also be in a dream time. When, okay. What year would you pick the Shawn Michaels AJ Styles? Because like you know Shawn's retired now. Yeah, yeah, but um, probably probably within the last couple years mm-hmm. because it's that's when AJ really hit his peak. Mm, okay. So like I I wouldn't want to go back as far as like with Shawn still wrestling like like mm-hmm. yeah so yeah you'd rather have sean a little bit past his peak and aj at the peak than yeah sean at his peak and styles still getting there mm-hmm. styles still really young and new kind of mm-hmm. a thing yep totally oh man that'd be fucking excellent yeah well all right i think that's pretty much fucking it for me then same here. Uh, so catch us next week for our uh, rundown of the May Young Classic and all their other normal discussions of wrestling. Uh, how, many, how many more weeks do we have until No Mercy? Uh, I think it's like two weeks from this Sunday. What's this Sunday's date? Yes. Okay, so yeah, we won't do predictions it's... next week, but the week after that, I guess. Exactly. In two weeks, we will have predictions for No Mercy. Uh, followed by, I think it's like two weeks later than uh, Hell in a Cell. Mm. Yeah, fucking right back up again. Mm-hmm. We had this little tiny hiatus and it's like, oh, back to every two weeks. Yep. Can't let you not have a pay-per-view. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so then rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean, and check us out on our social media, Super Smart Brothers on Facebook, at Smart Brothers on Twitter, and SuperSmartBrothers at gmail.com. Continually send in those great fan questions. That's all for us this week, motherfuckers. Peace out. Peace out.